Number one is Oklahoma State. They took the name, the Pokes, the Cowboys. They took it from the University of Wyoming. Pistol Pete, man. We have the original Pistol Pete. Welcome to the Wyo Sports Podcast. I'm your host, David Graff. Alongside me is my co-host, Robert Munoz. We've got another exciting episode for you today. We're going to talk about the football schedule and the basketball schedule for the University of Wyoming. It's a hot topic right now. Today, actually, as we're recording this podcast, it had been expected for Wyoming to replace the gap in their 2021 football schedule that they had after Clemson, basically they dumped them. They replaced them with UConn. And last week we talked about University of Wyoming basketball. Jeff Linder put on the schedule University of Arizona. So we're going to play a little fun game with the schedule for both football and basketball. Excited to do that. We're also going to talk to Wyo Sports University of Wyoming men's basketball and football beat writer Michael Katz. Had a lot of fun talking to him. Talked to him about the interview that we kind of broke down, Robert and I did, last week. We talked to him, got his feel, his sense for the situation. He had a lot of interesting things to say and a lot of different points that Robert and I didn't bring to the table last week. So it was really good to talk to him. We'll talk to him, and then we'll wrap up. Unfortunately, if you're a Cheyenne resident, or you're just a lover of rodeo. Cheyenne Frontier Days this year, 2020, has been canceled. That announcement was made today. Robert actually had the pleasure of covering Cheyenne Frontier Days last year for Wyo Sports and the Wyoming Tribune Eagle. Maybe ask him about some of his experiences going to Cheyenne Frontier Days growing up. Robert is, after all, a proud Cheyenne native. But first, Robert, how are you, buddy? David, my man. I'm doing wonderful today. Got this new mic here. Uh, sound a lot better. It's a good day. How are you doing up there in Missoula? I know you're getting ready to make the venture over to the West Coast. Yeah, packing up, you know. Stressful getting rid of all your stuff, getting rid of your furniture and everything. Going to move to Southern California on Saturday. It's my second stint in uh, California, the Golden State. Well, I guess, yeah, they're the Golden State. It's my second time living in California in my life. Didn't picture it this way, but it's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. Excited for some warmth, some warmth. I don't think there's a P in warmth, uh, but yeah, looking forward to it. Are you excited? Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, there's no other way to put it. I'm excited. Honestly, I can't wait. Can't wait to go to some of my favorite restaurants. I'll just say it now because I got to get it off, off my chest. If you're ever in the Southern California area and you're in Oceanside, spe- specifically if you're close to San Diego, in Oceanside, there's this fast food place. 
It's called Angelo's Burgers. There are three locations. They're all within three miles of each other, all on the same side of the the PCH Highway 1 in California. And it is absolutely the best meal you will ever have. I promise. The absolute best meal. It's fast food. They also serve beer. It doesn't get better. Angelo's, baby. It's the absolute best. Best meal in California. Best meal in Southern California. Best meal anywhere. My favorite place to get a burger and a beer. So we know where your first stop's going to be when you get down there to Southern California, huh? My first stop will be at In-N-Out, but I'll make my way down to Oceanside, you know, get get a few experiences in at the legendary Angelo's. You mentioned it a moment ago, but how happy are you? You finally got a mic. I hope you're hearing Robert a little bit more clearly. Shout out to our angel investor for getting Robert his initial first mic his baby mic, his introduction to the microphone world. And shout out to uh, whoever's got the recurring donation on Red Circle. I don't know who you are, but I really appreciate your support to the podcast. Thank you for that. But back to the, the question at hand. Robert, how excited are you to finally have a real mic? I'm ecstatic, David. I'm thrilled. And yeah, shout out to whoever it is that is donating to the podcast anonymously we don't know who it is but we hope that you are getting a little bit more for your money now that the clarity of my voice is much better it's definitely stronger unlike the 2021 wyoming football schedule as a result of scheduling uconn today a schedule all time I mean, they're one of the worst FBS programs ever the last five, six, seven. This decade has been horrible for UConn and FBS football. They replaced Clemson, who dropped Wyoming a few months ago. We pretty much knew that Wyoming was going to have to figure something out. Wyoming AD Tom Berman announced that UConn was going to fill that spot next season. Not this season in 2020, but the next season In 2021, Wyoming's going to make the trip to Hartford. They don't quite make it to stores. The UConn football team actually plays in Hartford, about 30 miles away from stores. Bizarre. You can look up how bad UConn is. Pat Forty just wrote an excellent article about how miserable of a football program UConn has. Honestly, I don't even know if in 2021 there'll be an FBS program because the basketball side of sports and everything else transitioned to the Big East. The Big East obviously is a basketball-only conference. Anyways, with that in mind, also news like UNLV is going to host Arizona State at Allegiant in Las Vegas and Jeff Linder last week making – University of Arizona, a game, an opponent, a money opponent for the school in basketball this upcoming season, Robert and I wanted to play a little game. We wanted to imagine, pick out three football opponents that we'd love to see University of Wyoming play at any point in the schedule, somewhere down the road, who knows, not a whole lot of openings 
in the upcoming years, and then one basketball opponent that could possibly be somebody that they play. I'll read off the non-conference opponents for Wyoming this season in 2020. They open the season versus Weber State on September 5th. Then they travel to Louisiana Lafayette on the 12th. Then they host Utah at home in Laramie. Huge game. Old conference foes on September 19th. Then to finish their non-conference slate in 2020, they travel to Ball State on the 26th of September. Other big non-conference games, just to give you some perspective, next year in 2021, obviously they're going to travel to stores. A big game for the people here in Montana, they'll have their blood boiling for this one. Montana State is going to come down to Laramie in 2021. In 2022, Wyoming travels to both Illinois and BYU. Those could be interesting. Those are both Power 5. Well, Illinois is a Power 5. BYU, they're an independent. Who knows what's going on with them. 2023 is a huge year for Wyoming non-conference football. They host Texas Tech. They travel to Austin to take on University of Texas. And they host App State. We'll see where App State is as a program in 2023. Then in 2024, they travel. This this school, it would have been on my list, but since they're already going to play them at Arizona State and they host BYU that year, any of those games that they already have scheduled stick out to you, Robert, that you're excited, that you're looking forward to. I know that most of them are all, you know, seemingly light years away. I mean, obviously the game versus Texas looks like the most attractive game when we look at it from a distance. Um, there are going to be some other, you know, some good games in there. Uh, we get the home and home against Ball State. That might be appealing. Um, but other than that, like we were talking about, UConn, at least we know – it's probably a win, right, David? It's definitely a win. Cancel the program. Honestly, cancel the program if you travel to Hartford and lose to UConn. Yeah, they better just stick with basketball from here on out, right? Totally. To me, of the big upcoming games that I mentioned there, Montana State, you got to win that one. You got to beat FCS opponents. Sorry. No offense to the good folks of Montana. The games that are seemingly winnable are the home-and-home with BYU. Obviously, you could split that one. You could beat Illinois. Who knows how good they are. They made a bowl game this last year for the first time in, I think, a million years. And then hosting App State, it's good that you get them in Laramie. Who knows what the program will look like in 2023. App State has been really, really good since they joined the FBS. But Eli Drinkowitz... Just took the job in Mizzou. Couldn't tell you who took over, but we'll see if that ball is still rolling. App State, like you said, has been making a lot of noise since they've joined the FBS. We know they dominated FCS, and that's why they got moved up. And What was the record? I think they were like 10-2 and two last year or something like that. They definitely had double-digit wins. That's pretty solid. Uh, we'd be pretty stoked if Wyoming was – putting up double-digit wins each year. Yeah, that's definitely something we aspire to. Craig Bowl hasn't quite gotten the program there yet. 
but who knows? It may be in the cards. Well, let's start here. I'll give you my first three opponents. We'll start with football. These are all games that I would hope could happen. I don't think any of these will ever happen in any form, but it's fun to dream. You know, three wishes. Maybe we'll find a genie. I don't know. I'll start with I'd love, love, love to see a home-and-home with North Dakota State. I would absolutely relish the opportunity to host Craig Bowles old school in Laramie and the opportunity to travel to Fargo. Now, I don't think that an FBS school has ever traveled to an FCS school, but North Dakota State isn't like most FCS schools. They've won the FCS national title every year since 2011, but 2016. That's, I mean, that's Alabama on steroids. They're 6-0 and against the FBS since 2010. They open up this next season, 2020, or at least they're supposed to against Oregon. Bowl obviously has roots. That's where he was the head coach. He kind of got this machine rolling. The current head coach at NDSU was not a coach there under Bowl. So it would be really interesting to see, you know, the guy who's kind of carrying on the torch and the guy who first let that torch flicker got the thing rolling. I just think that would be an epic series, a home-and-home. Home. Robert, you got some thoughts on it? It obviously wouldn't be a walk in the park for the Pokes, right? No, it would be a competitive game, I'll be honest. I'm going to have to, you know, admit it. Trey Lance is kind of uh, a newer version of Josh Allen, it seems, and Todd McShay's early, 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 super early 2021 mock draft. He actually had Trey Lance as his fifth overall prospect. I've seen Trey Lance play for North Dakota State. He's uh, an absolute machine, and... He can throw the ball well. He doesn't have the rocket cannon of an arm that Josh Allen did, but he's a better runner. He's shiftier. He's a little bit faster. He's not quite as physical, but it it would be a really cool thing to see them, those two schools square off, especially given the Craig Bowl history. Number two for me, I'd love to see a neutral site game with Colorado, UC Boulder. It would just be cool if somehow they could finagle a way to play, you know, at Mile High down there in Denver. I don't think it will ever happen. The last two times, or the last time that Wyoming and Colorado faced off, 2009, Wyoming lost 24 to nothing. Boulder is up 24 to 3 in the all time series. So, not a whole lot of chance for victory. Yeah, I mean, I just think it would be cool to play at mile high and think that the only way to get a game there would be to play against Colorado. Finally, there's no way in hell this game ever actually happens, but it would be an absolute blast for me to sit down on a Tuesday night and just take in a non-conference Maction game between Wyoming and a Mac school in November. I don't care. Like... Find a way. Find a way to play on a Tuesday. Honestly, you can play a Mountain West Conference game on a Tuesday, but I just want to see Wyoming football play on a Tuesday. I think that would be an absolute riot. 
It will never happen. But any Mac school, you know, just find a way, Berman, to schedule the Mac in November. Who cares about the conference slate? Just give the fans what they want. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, David, but there has to be one school in the Mac that is at the top of your list. Specifically, I'd love to see Toledo, the Rockets, the Toledo Rockets versus the Wyoming Cowboys. Just make it happen. Yeah, that would be that'd be very interesting and nice to sit down on a Tuesday night, Tuesday evening, and watch some UW football. I'll go ahead and I'll roll off my three opponents that I would like to see the Pokes play in the near future, non-conference opponents. Number one is Oklahoma State. They took the name, the Pokes, the Cowboys, they took it from the University of Wyoming. Pistol Pete, man. We have the original Pistol Pete. They just have to play and determine who's the better Cowboys. I'd love to see Pistol Pete and Pistol Pete getting a little scuffle there and maybe in the back of the end zone. That'd be must-see TV. And, yeah, it always bothers me when I hear – because, you know, Oklahoma State's always on primetime TV. Not always, but occasionally, you know. We get to see them, and it bothers me when they're referred to as the Pokes and the Cowboys. And I could tell you that Wyoming originated its mascot in 1891. And Oklahoma State followed not even shortly after. I mean, maybe, I guess. But in 1923. So they clearly stole the mascot away. And we got to just show them. I'm, what, Chuba Hubbard? We're stopping him. I know there's no Logan Wilson, but he's not running for 100 yards on the Pokes defense. No way. We'll go to my number two team here, and I'm going to have to say TCU, Texas Christian, an old Mountain West foe. I know the Pokes. I know the Cowboys are playing Utah, supposed to be playing Utah. This season, an old Mountain West foe. It's going to be great. Cowboys get to host Utah. Um, I remember a long time ago, there was a game when the lights, the snowstorm killed the electricity in the stadium. The lights were out. The cheerleaders took the field and played in the snowstorm. It It was a nice little memory that I have from Growing up, watching Utah come and play in Laramie. Back, Alex Smith, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, it'd be nice to see TCU come back up and see if the Post could hand it to him, make him maybe regret leaving the Mountain West for the Big 12. They only won five games last year. I think the Pokes could handle him, Big 12 school. That'd be a nice little resume booster for the Cowboys. And finally, my third school, I don't really know. This is just shot in the dark it would just be interesting I would really like to see the Pokes travel down to Florida and play Florida State or Florida I'd like to see how they match up down there with maybe more Florida State it's not an SEC school they might have a better chance but who knows I'd be really interested to see if maybe the Pokes are pulling out and it's Altitude could make a difference in that game. I know we were talking about altitude making a difference last week with Cooper Rock kicking game. And he said the 
ball might fly a little bit further in Laramie rather than kicking in San Diego against the Aztecs. But he said it may not make that big of a difference, but that's the ball flying through the air. That's not, you know, that's not stamina. That's not running at 7,220 feet. I don't know. It's a fun conversation to have, but I must say Oklahoma State needs to be on the schedule in the near future, and we need to show the college football world that the University of Wyoming are the real Cowboys. That was a sneaky selection there. Honestly, Oklahoma State, the whole battle for the Cowboy thing, that's pretty good. I think that Wyoming currently might have the better claim for it considering they have guys with the last names like Beer and Coors on their roster, on their football roster. doesn't get more tough, Cowboy, country, whatever you want to call it, than that. Poke pride, Coors, beer, love it. Happy to have those guys on the team. That was a sneaky good selection. I will say, don't underestimate an SEC school's ability to blow a game against a Mountain West Conference opponent. Arkansas did, after all, lose to San Jose State last year. San Jose State, all right? They lost to San Jose State in football. I might add, last year, just saying, Florida's a little bit better than Arkansas, though, so eh, don't know if I want to bite bite off more than I can chew. Let's wrap this up here, and then we'll get to Michael Katz. I'll tell you right now, I would love to see University of Wyoming basketball travel to Kansas selfishly, you know, just so I can say I went to a basketball game at the University of Kansas. There's really no expectation to win at Kansas. They're that good at home. And I don't really know how good the University of Wyoming basketball team is going to be, at least next year. I do think they will be really good under Jeff Linder at some point. I don't want to put the cart before the horse in terms of, you know, thinking they might knock off Arizona who would you like to see the Pokes play in hoops? And then we'll get to Michael Katz here. Well, David, I know the football team is traveling out east in 2021 to play the University of Connecticut in Hartford. But what I would love to see is for the Cowboys basketball team to go to Storrs, Connecticut and play UConn in some hoops. We know UConn has been dominant in the college basketball world last few decades, maybe even longer than that. I don't know. But we know Jim Calhoun made that program huge. David uh, put out a lot of draft picks who played in the NBA, who still playing in the NBA. Kevin Ollie took over the reins. Both coaches won national championships. Dan Hurley is the coach now. UConn has a nice history of basketball. And we should get them on the schedule for basketball rather than football. That's not a bad idea. I would honestly support that as well. Well, we'll talk to Michael Katz from YO Sports about the football game that they have on the schedule as of now. Maybe in the future we can get that. Shout out Tom Berman if you're listening. We also talked to Michael Katz about his interview with Tom Berman last week. 
Robert and I broke it down, but we wanted to hear from the man who actually conducted the interview, what his takeaways were, and some other things related to that. We also threw him a few curveball questions that we hope you enjoy. So enjoy this interview with Wyo Sports, University of Wyoming men's basketball and football beat writer, Michael Katz. Happy now to be joined by Wyo Sports men's basketball and football for the University of Wyoming beat writer, Michael Katz. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Can't complain. It's a beautiful day. I'm almost ready to move to California. Can't complain, honestly. Want to start You're off? Going to my home state. Yeah, I'm moving, moving to oh, California wow. here on Saturday. So, getting my whole apartment packed. It's an absolute nightmare at times. But we got all of our furniture out of our apartment, so can't complain there. <laughs> well, I want to start off with. You were able to sit down with Wyoming Athletic Director Tom Berman last week. He said a lot of things that were very important to the University of Wyoming Athletics and things that people wanted to hear. What was your biggest takeaway from your interview with him last week? I mean, I, 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 was, I was expecting him to be pretty confident uh, in there being a football season. I, I've kind of gotten that vibe from people within the department for the last a uh, couple of months. I, I think the thing that I was, I don't know if I'd say surprised with, um, but was kind of, you know, most struck by was that he said that Wyoming can't play without fans. Um, I know that's, that's kind of been the, the caveat for a lot of these, uh, you know, sports getting going. It's been, well, you know, the team's fine, but you can have anybody in the stands. And I think it works for some college programs who make a lot of money from TV, but, uh, you know, Wyoming's not one of those schools, and you know he was really adamant that if if they can't have you know around at least the third uh, capacity, so around ten thousand uh, fans or so, um, I mean they won't really be able to afford uh, football. It just won't make sense, you know, financially. You know, they, they barely they they about break even anyway. Uh, you know, as an athletic department, that's lost a little bit this past year. Um, you know, losing ticket sales and concessions and all the money that they would make from football. Uh, it, it would actually, it, it's interesting that he admitted that it would not be worth it if, if they can't have people there. So I think that was, that was the biggest takeaway for me. Obviously, it was, it was nice to hear him say that he was confident uh, that there would be football uh, as of right now. But, you know, he was, he was, he was pretty strong uh, when, when he said that it, they, they need fans in Laramie. Do you think there's a plan in place if they can't have fans in the stands? Yeah, I mean, I, I think all within you know the Mountain West, they've been kind of going over, trying you know trying to cover all the bases. I think you know things kind of got going when uh, you know the Cal State schools, so San Jose State and San Diego State and um, uh, Fresno State, you know, went to majority online classes and. Uh, and I think they've kind of been discussing all the different factors or possibilities, whether that's playing with some fans, playing with no fans, playing with less teams uh, in the conference for, you know, a year if, if certain states aren't able to. So I would imagine that they've, they've probably discussed it, but uh, it just, I don't think it's really financially feasible unless there's another way that, that they can get money. And, and I just don't know with the Mountain West deal 
I just don't think there's enough money there uh, to, to be given to schools like Wyoming to make up for the money that they would be making from you know having a pack of War Memorial Stadium. I know it's a road game, but how disappointed are you to go from possibly playing Clemson in 2021 to now playing UConn? Well, you know, <laughs> uh, I think the first thing I did was I thought to myself, well, I feel like Clemson has probably won more games the last two seasons than uh, UConn has over the last, like, four or five. And then it turns out they've won more games, almost as many games in the last two years as UConn has in the last nine, which is uh, kind of stunning uh, to think about 30 compared to 29 for Clemson. But, you know, obviously uh, Death Valley is one of the, the cool places to watch college football. I've never been to that area of the country. I have been to New England. I have family from out in Boston and stuff like that. So Connecticut, is, I mean, I'm sure it's a great place. I have some family that went there. But uh, it's definitely not going to be the same experience as, you know, getting to see, uh, you know, that Clemson crowd get riled up because, you know, they packed that place 90,000 strong. And, you know, hopefully by 2021 things will be a little bit more normal and, and uh, you know, we get a, a, a fully packed experience. So that would have been cool. So we know student athletes are back on campus on Monday. Do you kind of envision, do you think that'll create a bigger pushback from those student athletes to ensure that there are seasons being played in the future here? Well, I mean, it's going to be interesting because I'm kind of under the impression that the way that guys are, or the athletes are coming back is not so kind of prioritized by sports. So I think like the football guys, are going to be in that first wave or within those first couple of waves. Um, and, you know, I, I think I don't, I, I would doubt that there's very many student athletes that don't, you know, want this season to happen, their fall season or the winter season or you know, whatever season it is, uh, however long this thing goes. Um, you know, I, I think they're probably all under the impression that, you know, once they leave wherever, you know, home is for them, uh, and they get on campus and they start their quarantine process, I think they're probably all under the impression that they're going to be playing. And, um, you know, I, I'm not sure what the testing situation is going to be. That's another thing Tom Berman brought up is, is there's a lot of questions about that. But, you know, that's something they're kind of working through and trying to figure out the frequency and uh, all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, I, I, I would imagine that, you know, if I'm a player who's coming in on June 1st and, you know, they're quarantining me in my dorm room or wherever it is for two weeks and I can't leave the building. Uh, you know, there's there's hopefully football at the end of the tunnel. I don't, I don't think that they'd be, uh, you know, making the trip back unless they were pretty confident. You referenced the testing situation and you asked Berman about that in your interview and he said there wasn't going to be a conference-wide system in place in regards to testing. Do you think there are going to be a lot of complications with that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be tough because, you know, depending on what state you're in, I think tests are going to be more readily available or there's going to be places where, you know, there's an outbreak and they need the test for the general population rather than for, you know, a football team. I think the tests are going to be, you know, getting the tests here is going to be different than getting them in California or getting them in Utah or getting them in Idaho. Um, and, and so for, for each school to kind of be on its own, figuring out, you know, one, how you're going to pay for it. I know insurance is part of it, but 
uh, you know, they're, they're going to have to fork up money and those things aren't cheap, especially if they're doing them, you know, as frequently as they would like. Um, and I, I understand that the Mountain West probably can't pay for all of it or the, the NCAA probably can't do it, but to kind of put the onus on each school is interesting because I don't know if each school is going to be able to handle it in the exact same way as the other schools in the conference. And, you know, if one school can't do it or it falls behind uh, on testing, then do you have to cancel a game because you're unsure of, you know, what you're walking into? I just think it creates a lot of uncertainty and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that whole thing plays out for sure. We saw you mentioned a lot about um, Jeff Linder scheduling, getting this game scheduled with the University of Arizona basketball. Do you think that game will put Wyoming basketball back on the map? Do you think he'll be able to possibly go down there and get the win? I mean, it's a great opportunity, right? I mean, you've got, you know, a solid nucleus of guys coming back, and they've got this good recruiting class. And, you know, the way things kind of ended in that one tournament, I think people were pretty optimistic. And just kind of all the the signs so far pointed towards, you know, Linder and, and his staff really doing all the right things. Um, you know, getting a, a premier game in Tucson against a, a traditional Pac-12 power. Um, I mean, if there's any – I'm not sure. I'm, I'm assuming the game is probably going to be early um, in the season. Tom Berman didn't know offhand um, when, when I talked to him. But, um, you mean, what better way to, to kind of let everybody know you're back than you know, potentially doing it? And the second I tweeted it out, uh, you know, I still have friends in Boise from when I – from when I worked out there, and they all know Jeff, and they all said, don't be surprised at all if he pulls it off because that's just the kind of coach he is, and uh, they're going to play hard, and they're 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 not going to get blown out of a lot of games from what it sounds like, and it just sounds like everybody has a lot of confidence in him and, and what he's doing, and I know it's so early, and we haven't even seen any of these guys in person yet because of everything going on, but, uh, you know, it's, it, the general consensus is you don't bet against Jeff Linder and uh, I, I I would not at all be shocked if you know if they were able to pull something off. Scheduling is all the rage right now with Clemson off the schedule, UConn now on the schedule, Arizona on the schedule for basketball. We talked at the top of this podcast about three schools that we would love the University of Wyoming to play in both football and basketball. I know you're a USC guy, so I'm going to put that as a disqualifier. Who is somebody that you would want to see the University of Wyoming take on in any sport, really, besides USC? Well, I would want to see him play USC because that just creates a conflict of interest on a lot of levels. And I just don't think I'd be able to deal with social media if USC lost because I would just never live that one down. Uh, My biggest fear when I was in Boise was if SC was going to play against Boise State in the Las Vegas Bowl because I was never going to live it down when SC lost by three touchdowns. So I'm glad that never happened. Hopefully it doesn't come up here. Um, I mean, I'm always interested to see those Clemson-ish games, you know, the games against those traditional powers like Florida or, you know, Oklahoma or Texas. I know we are getting Texas in a few years, but it seems like it's so far down the line now. Um, I I mean, I, I think... Florida to like have a game because let's be honest, they probably won't get a home and home with Florida, but you know, to have a game in the swamp, which again, is just one of those legendary places, uh, Michigan to go to the big house, Ohio state, you know, the horseshoe, I think places like that are, are where I'd love to see, you know, a school like Wyoming play, not 
you know, the result, you know, who knows how that's going to end up, but I think just to sort of get in those stadiums. Um, you know, I know a few years ago, uh, you know, they played against Iowa and, and they got that experience. And I, I think that was really big, not just for, you know, uh, the money that you get, because you make a lot of money from those games. But, you know, the players get to be in front of a lot more eyes and they're on national TV. And, you know, it's not every day you get to play in a stadium like that. So I think schools like that would be really cool. And, and you know, for me, selfishly as a reporter, those are places I've never been. And, you know, I think every reporter kind of has like a bucket list of places that you know, he or she wants to, to watch a college football game. Those three are on there. Notre Dame's on there, even though I hate them. Um, and uh, I've, I've never made the trip out there, but I'm hoping to eventually. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would say Florida, you know, Oklahoma, Michigan, Ohio State would probably be my top just because I think the experience is just so different from anything that you'll get in the Mountain West. Have you ever been to Frontier Days, Michael? <laughs> uh, no, I have not, and apparently it will not be happening for at least another year. Yeah, are you pretty upset you won't be able to experience that this year? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. I was actually, um, I was starting to do a little bit of work on, uh, you know, putting together our, you know, our section for uh, for Frontier Days, and, you know, I'm an L.A. kid. I, I don't know anything about rodeo. I'll, I'll admit when I don't know things, but. I was watching YouTube videos yesterday trying to figure out what the heck I was watching and, like, what the scoring was and how it all worked. And I was, like, really proud of myself because I thought I figured it out. But today was kind of a bummer. Um, you know, I, I, I feel for, you know, Cheyenne local economies because, you know, I think I read in an email that uh, Frontier they sent out that, you know, it made, like, $28 million for the local economy last year. Um, that's a lot of money that, you know, people aren't going to get, and, you know, businesses are going to suffer, um, you know, cowboys are going to suffer. I think there's, there's just a lot of people that are going to suffer because of it. So, you know, obviously I'm upset. I, I'd love to, you know, be a part of something like that because I've heard so many cool things about it. And it's just so different from what I'm used to. I, I really kind of circled in and was really looking forward to it. But, uh, you know, it, it, I think more than, you know, me feeling bad for myself, I, I, feel, I just feel bad for all the people who, you know, we're planning on having the putting on this huge event and, you know, now they're going to kind of have to figure out how to make ends meet. I just think that's kind of crappy, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'm okay to wait another year. I think it's going to come back stronger than ever. And, uh, you know, when, when it comes back in 2021, I think it's going to be uh, quite the sight to behold. And I'm, I'm really excited to, to be there for it. 2021 frontier days will definitely be a sight to behold. We'll wrap it up here with a different kind of suffering, depending upon your point of view. You talked about, or you tweeted the other day that you were getting sucked into catfish. So I want to know what was the synopsis? What's the summary of the latest catfish episode that you watched? Okay. Well, so this is my life. Basically I, I, I write and then I watch catfish is basically what I do now. So the one I just watched was, um, an ex-boyfriend created a, he actually, he didn't even create a burner. He just took some random, like, former Vine stars, like, profile and pretended to be this guy for, like, five or six months. And then it turned out to be this poor girl's uh, ex-boyfriend who had cheated on her, like, three years before. Um, and so that was, that was, that was wild. It's just like, 
I watch this show, and like you know, I'm 31. I'm like pretty young, but I sometimes see these like you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds on here, and I'm just like, uh, you know, if I was writing to catfish and I and I read what I wrote, I would probably know right away that I was probably getting catfished, and I'd probably just stop. But I kind of feel bad for these uh, these folks. I know there's a Laramie episode. I haven't watched that one yet. Uh, I've been told I need to because it's <laughs> apparently legendary. But uh, yeah, I mean, without sports, like this is how I get my kicks. It's, it's really sad, I'll be honest. <laughs> Robert was the one who actually showed me the Laramie episode of Catfish, and that's what Once Upon a Time got me hooked in myself. Yeah, it was it's pretty good. Cool. That's the thing. It was a uh, freshman year of college, and I remember everybody congregated in the dorms to watch the episode. Good memories from the dorm room. Uh, yeah, I just think it's it's got to be tough for if you're on this show to basically like live the rest of your life because you are forever the catfish person. Well, that's got to be tough, but. Uh, as an innocent bystander, it's certainly entertaining. I'll give it that. Yeah, there's only one way. If you're going on catfish, whether you're the catfisher or catfished, I don't know. You got to just take the L and move on. Well, Wyoming Sports, University of Wyoming men's basketball and football beat writer Michael Katz. Michael, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for being really generous with your time. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a safe move to California. Let me know when you get there. If you need to get spots, let me know. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Wyo Sports' Michael Katz. Really appreciate having him on. He's our first recurring guest, actually. So that's notable. Should have brought it up with him. I'll be sure to thank him next time I talk to him. Had a lot of fun with that interview. He's a really good guy. We certainly will have him on again. So get used to him. And, you know, we like to have fun with cats. Bust his balls a little bit. He says on Twitter that he's watching catfish. I know how hard it is when you get sucked into that catfish vortex. It's absolutely brutal. We're going to wrap it up right here. We're going to finish up the podcast with Robert's experience covering Cheyenne Frontier Days in 2019. It was his first time covering Frontier Days. I'm sure it was very special for him. It was one of the big events of the summer. He's a Cheyenne native. It's been canceled this year, which is obviously, as Katz talked about, very devastating for the local economy in Cheyenne and just devastating for the morale. You know, you we need some things that can boost us up. But Frontier Days will be back in 2021. I can almost guarantee it. And it will be more fun than it ever was. So looking forward to that. But Robert, first, what was it like covering Frontier Days in 2019? And what are some of your memories going to Cheyenne Frontier Days as a kid? Well, David, covering Frontier Days last year, covering the rodeo was awesome. I mean, it was a great experience. My favorite thing about it was I was able to meet so many people from around the world. I talked to someone from Canada, Brazil, talked to people from all over the United States. And that was probably the best thing about it was just getting to talk to all these cowboys that come from everywhere. 
and they love going to Cheyenne Frontier Days. Growing up, man, Frontier Days, if you're from Cheyenne, you know what it is. It's carnival up until you're about 15, 16 years old, and then all you want to do is go to the concerts. So it's about all I have to say about that. won't talk too much about it. I know you have some memorable experiences from some of those Cheyenne Frontier Days concerts. You'll have to catch those from Robert. If you ever see him, buy him a beer. I want to thank you guys for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to this podcast. Also, tell your friends about it. It's really fun. We're going to have a lot of cool people on the podcast. We've had some cool people so far. Looking forward to the month of June, hoping for some really special guests. We're really appreciative. We're coming up on the second full month doing this podcast, and it's grown since the first month, so that's always a good sign. It means you guys are enjoying the podcast. You like what you're hearing. Let us know if you don't like what you're hearing. You can follow me on Twitter, at Mr. David Graff. Where can they follow you, Robert? Follow me on Twitter at R. M-U-N-O-Z-307. That is R. Munoz 307. There you have it. You can follow us both on Twitter. You can also follow me on Instagram if you want to see my face. And I do share the podcast on there as well. At David Graff. Just David Graff on the pod, on the on the Instagram. I do a lot of fun things there as well. That's it for this week's episode. Really appreciate it again. Rate, review, subscribe. If you feel so inclined, like our anonymous donor who's got a recurring monthly pledge, please do so at the link in the podcast description. Shout out to Shakewell for the music and enjoy your weekend and go pokes, baby. Baby